Hello, everyone. I'm Gwinnett County District 2 Commissioner Ben Koo, and you're listening to Conversations with Koo. Welcome to Episode 9, the Halloween edition. <laughs> I hope that you're sharing our podcast link with your ghouls and gals so they can stay up to date with what is happening in District 2 and around the county. Joining me as always, my co-host, Tristan Fernandez. Hey, Ben. Halloween is officially here, and I can only imagine what costumes you've chosen this year. There won't be a few, but you'll have to wait and see. I can tell you this, you won't be disappointed. All right. What is the latest from Gwinnett's Board of Commissioners? So in a move that enhances traffic safety and community well-being, Gwinnett County agreed to incorporate the Parkwood Ridge subdivision into its street lighting program. Oh, that's great news. It absolutely is. And the best part is that our decision followed a request from property owners who live in this unincorporated Snellville neighborhood. We thrive on community feedback and use it to drive our decisions. So please always voice your concerns. That's right. And I'm pretty sure this project is funded by SPLOST, right? You know it. SPLOST funds will pay for the estimated $18,000 installation cost of 34 energy-efficient LED streetlights. Walden EMC will install the lights and assume responsibility for maintenance and operation, which will appear as a separate charge on the neighborhood's property tax bills. Gwinnett County truly takes a lot of pride in the safety of all who live, work, and play here. Will adding more flock cameras to the streets help us ensure that? Absolutely, Tristan. The board approved Gwinnett Police Chief J.D. McClure to sign a right-of-way maintenance agreement between Gwinnett Police and the Georgia Department of Transportation that allows 36 flock cameras to be installed along state routes in Gwinnett County. These strategically placed cameras enhance public safety and reduce response times to crime. There are more than 7,400 cameras in Metro Atlanta, and 835 of those cameras have been placed across Gwinnett since 2020. Oh, that is exciting. And I heard that the board approved of the FTA grant application? Yes, we did. The commissioners greenlit the submission of a grant application to the Federal Transit Administration for the Transit-Oriented Development Planning Pilot Program. Try saying that three times fast. They are seeking up to $1 million in funding to advance land use planning in support of Ride Gwinnett's future rapid ride corridors, as outlined in the county's new transit development plan. If granted, the county will contribute matching funds of up to $250,000, or 20% of the project cost. Thanks for that, Ben. And if our listeners want to get their hands on a copy of Gwinnett County's Board of Commissioners meeting agenda items, you can download your copy at GwinnettCounty.com. And that wraps up the BOC Breakdown. I am super excited to welcome our guest to Conversations with Koo. He is the Director of Equity and Engagement with Atlanta Pride. He is an activist, a drag performer, a lifelong Gwinnettian, District 2 resident. He is everything and more. Stephen Igarashi Balth, welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. First of all, happy Pride. While most of the world knows that June is National Pride Month, October is Atlanta Pride Month. When you think about this time of year, what excites you the most? Oh, gosh, so much. Um, I think that I am most excited about, uh, first, the visibility that Pride offers, um, because I think that there is such a a beautiful array of diversity in our community, and we get to see all of that at the Pride Festival. Um, And then I think I'd be remiss if I, I didn't say that um, I like the shift, uh, of visibility. I, I like that, uh, we are the, the topic of conversation because I think, um, too often LGBTQ plus issues are kind of swept under the rug, especially here in Georgia. And, um, sometimes people don't want to have, um, what can be viewed as difficult conversations. And so I think that Pride is an opportunity to kind of force that to, to the forefront of the conversation. And I think that that is a, a good thing. Plus, it's National Coming Out 
day is in October, so. Yes, I, we get a lot of questions about why is Pride not in June. Um, some of that has to do with historical relationships with Piedmont Park and preserving um, our beautiful green space. Uh, but also, our uh, our Pride celebration coincides with National Coming Out Day, and October is LGBTQ History Month. So I think that October is a fantastic time for Pride. I also always say that anyone who says that they would prefer Pride in June has probably not attended a Pride in June in Atlanta. And I think that our, our weather in October is a lot more welcoming. <laughs> Yep. Yes, it can be really hot in the summer. Yes. Stephen, it was such a pleasure having you join me and having you as a guest representative of what makes Gwinnett a wonderful place. Is there anything you want to plug for our listeners? I would just love to invite everyone to follow us at atlantapride.org to stay up to date with um, all of our happenings. We do year-round programming. Uh, Even though our festival has just passed, we are Queer 365, and we offer programming all year round. So be sure to follow us to stay on top of what we're doing in the community. Stay tuned after the show for my extended interview with Stephen. That's great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Now it's time for one of my favorite segments where we get to publicly answer questions sent to us from District 2. Absolutely. This question comes from District 2 residents John and Kathy Yancey of Snellville. The question is, are we allowed to operate golf carts in the public streets of our subdivision? The state of Georgia has several codes regarding this, and so do some municipalities in the state, but we don't know if Gwinnett does, so I wanted to know if we would get in trouble for it. If we don't, would you consider a golf cart ordinance to clear this up? What a great question, John and Kathy. Thanks for sending that in. We do not currently have an ordinance specifically for golf carts, and we might not need one. We reached out to Gwinnett County Police Department to clarify the official position on this, and in a nutshell, their operation is totally fine if the streets have a speed limit no more than 25 miles per hour, and if the golf carts have basic vehicle functions required by Georgia law, such as headlights, turn signals, horns, seatbelts, etc. Now, other municipalities that create golf cart ordinances are usually small cities or golf club communities. It would be more complicated to have an ordinance like that for the entire county, which encompasses many different terrains with rural, urban, and suburban areas. When considering new ordinances, the effects on the entire county must be considered, as well as funding and enforcement manpower. Just like any vehicle, like cars, bicycles, motorcycles, golf carts, smart cars, and scooters, please follow the rules of the road and pay attention to your surroundings. Thanks for answering that question, Ben, and thank you, John and Kathy, for submitting it. Remember, if you have a question, please email it to us at ben.ku at gwinnettcounty.com. We always love hearing from you. Before we wrap up this episode, Halloween is approaching fast, super fast, and if you didn't already have plans, you were in luck, because here are a few family-friendly events coming up in District 2. On Saturday, October 28th at 10 a.m., Gwinnett County Department of Water Resources is hosting a trick or treatment at the Yellow River Treatment Plant. Come enjoy this county-sponsored, family-oriented trunk or treat event. Trick or treatment? That's a clever name. What else is happening? Well, the city of Lilburn is hosting a Monsters and a Movie at Lilburn City Park. This will be a big, family-friendly trunk-or-treat event that is attended by many local businesses and organizations. Come have dinner, visit vendors, and watch a movie with the kids. This event is also on Saturday, October 28th, and starts at 5.30 p.m. 
Those events sound so fun. And even though they are both on the same day, one is in the morning and the other one's in the evening, so you can make it a full day of safe Halloween fun with Gwinnett County and the city of Lilburn. And finally, we mentioned this on the last episode, keep your eyes peeled for the little trick-or-treaters. We want everyone to have a happy and safe Halloween. Oh, before I forget, make sure to log in to Gwinnett County's Facebook or YouTube page to check out my episode of Grow Gwinnett Small Business Series, where I and a few friends visit Netherworld right here in Gwinnett County. Netherworld is known for their annual haunted house, which is elaborate and amazing, but they also have year-round escape rooms, which are super fun and also meet the high quality you'd expect from Netherworld. That's awesome. I actually just went there last night and had a great time. If you go, say hi to DJ Raptor for me and don't go in any foam rooms if you don't want to get wet. (laughs) (laughs) Good advice. Did you make it out of the escape room in time? You'll have to watch and see. It's coming out soon, so subscribe to the Gwinnett County Facebook and YouTube pages. One more announcement, Ben. We have some appointments open in District 2. That's right. We have a few openings that I get to make appointments for. There is an opening on the Tree Advisory Committee, and we would love someone who is environmentally conscious to apply for this position. We also have openings on the Recreation Authority and possibly the Zoning Board of Appeals. To apply, visit GwinnettCounty.com slash apply to serve. That's about all we have today for Conversations with Koo. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, you can download our podcast, Conversations with Koo, wherever you get podcasts or on the Gwinnett County website. You can also find us on our county Facebook page. Just hit that like button to follow us. I'd love to hear from you and answer your questions and get your feedback. So feel free to email me at ben.koo at gwinnettcounty.com. That's ben.koo at gwinnettcounty.com, and we may read your question on air. Be sure to stick around after the show for the rest of my interview with Stephen Igarashi Ball. Thanks again for listening, and as always, stay vibrantly connected, and we'll talk to you soon. Since Pride Weekend already happened this month, tell us how it went. In my opinion, it went really well. Um, I think uh, if I had a complaint, it would be that uh, it started a little rainy, and um, that made Piedmont Park a little bit muddy. Uh, But we had tremendous uh, crowds. We had uh, record numbers for all three of our marches, our Trans March, our Bi Plus Pan March, and our Dyke March. Um, and our message and theme for this year's festival was to show up and show out, and I think that our community really did that. That's fantastic. Uh, And you've been living in Gwinnett County all your life. What keeps you and your family here? Yes, I am a lifelong resident. Uh, I originally lived in Lawrenceville and then moved to Buford when we were in fourth grade. Um, And now my husband and I reside in Lilburn. I think growing up that uh, the water tower in Gwinnett used to say success lives here. So where else would I live? Uh, Because Gwinnett is where success lives and thrives. And I want to be a part of that. I think I love the diversity of Gwinnett County. Um, There is is a vibrant queer community, but there's also a lot of racial and ethnic diversity. Um, And we are one of the fastest growing counties in the country still. Uh, You would think we'd run out of space, and some people may feel like we have, but um, I like being in the hustle and bustle of all of it. Yeah, and our new tagline is vibrantly connected. So I love that, and we are vibrantly connected. Yes, we are. As you know, our community is loud, we're proud, but we still face stigmas in 2023. 
What do you think are the biggest challenges for the LGBTQIA plus community and how do we address them? For me, I think that the biggest challenge um, is unity. I think that there, as a community, uh, we are not always unified in in how we represent ourselves to the rest of the world. Um, and I think that we have huge uh, hurdles in support for our trans brothers and sisters. Um, we are continually seeing political attacks, especially here in Georgia, um, unfortunately. Um, and, and those are often, uh, fa- facing our, our trans brothers and sisters. So I think we have a lot of work to do, uh, for unity within our own community, but also, um, in unity as a whole, uh, you know, globally. Um, and I think everybody would do better to, to love a little more and hate a little less. I completely agree. Um, In fact, uh, I recently got an email from someone who was struggling with workplace transphobia and discrimination. Uh, Do you have any advice that you would give our listeners on how to be sensitive to our trans coworkers and how to stand up when you notice misgendering going on? I do. I think that, um, one, I think it's a learning process and a learning curve. So I I think that people should be... um, comfortable to ask questions. I believe in the the quote from Maya Angelou that when you know better, you do better. Um, so it's important that we educate ourselves and and constantly strive to, to, to better ourselves. Um, I think it's really important in the workspace uh, that we create welcoming environments. I think there are easy things that we can do, like uh, the use of pronouns. Um, I see a lot of uh, corporations uh, where where people wear their pronouns on their name badges. And some people may say things like, well, that's not really important to me. I don't, I don't care what, what you call me or how, how you address me. Um, but it's not really for you. It's for other people. And one, it is a symbol to uh, the outside world that your workspace is welcoming and affirming. And it's a really small gesture to do that. Uh, but it also creates uh, um, an open conversation and normalizes the use of pronouns so that uh, not everyone um presents in the same manners um and so if you have uh questions about how someone presents or someone's physical appearance may not uh align with how they identify themselves um the use of pronouns and the visibility of pronouns avoids awkward situations of misgendering someone and i think that that's really important i also think just in the workspace that it is critical that we have allies. So we just had our Pride Festival. We love our allies. We love seeing the community come out and support us. Um, but we need support, not just at parades and festivals and parties. Um, we need uh, support when we're not in the room. Um, and I think that true allyship is about how you handle those situations when when people aren't there to defend themselves. You know, when... Uh, transphobic or homophobic jokes are made or comments are made, um, do you call that out? Um, because you should. And um, that, you know, those kind of actions create hostile work environments. So we need more people who are working um, to be supportive and uh, to be true allies in the workspace. Yeah, I was really happy um, our communication staff has designed our name tags with pronouns as well as um, and we've got a 
version for our business cards and our email signatures. So that's been really nice to have that as an option for, again, for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just add that I'm, I'm 44. It's not something that we grew up with. Um, but you can teach an old dog new tricks and it is something that, uh, it's a tool in the toolbox. And I think it's a great thing to, to have and that we just need to normalize people introducing themselves. You know, my name is Steven. My, my pronouns are he, him, his. Um, because it, um, it, 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 it takes it off the table and it makes it something that is approachable and, um, so that people don't have, uh, questions. During the summer, Gwinnett County held a huge pride celebration in front of our GJAC building. It was an event that brought people together from all communities to celebrate. Why do you feel it's important for Gwinnett County to show its pride and support the community? Well, I I think it goes back to what I said earlier, that for me, one of the things that I love about Gwinnett County is our diversity, and and that that is diversity uh, across the board, racial diversity, ethnic diversity, gender and sexual identity diversity. And I think um, we are all Gwinnett, and we all deserve to be celebrated. Visibility and representation are hugely important. Um, as someone who's lived in Gwinnett County my entire life, I think about uh, what it would have been like for me if I had seen queer elected officials or queer people in general. Um, I, I don't think I knew anyone who was uh, openly uh, LGBTQ until I was in college. Um, and so I think that really matters. And, and especially from our elected officials to see that kind of support and to hear that support is critical, um, for, for all of our citizens. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the support of our, my colleagues, um, for our community. And we appreciate your, your support <laughs> and your visibility. Thank you. There are young people who are still bullied because of who they are, their identity or orientation. What advice would you give them? Hang in there. I know that, you know, there, there's the whole It Gets Better campaign. It Gets Better. And we definitely yeah. uh, believe that. And I, I do think that it gets better. Um, but I also think that it gets better because we make it better. And um, I think that we need to push back. I think that uh, I don't support bullying, uh, but I do p- support people standing up for themselves. And I p- support people advocating for equality and equity, which are two different things. Um, and I think that uh, we need to remember that everyone has a voice and we need to have our voices be heard. And that is whether that is uh, at the ballot box or in the classroom or the workplace. Um, we need to be comfortable um, voicing our opinions and making our opinions heard. Um, and and standing up for ourselves. Yep. And standing up for other people. Let me just add that in, too. Yes, that's very important uh, for all of our allies out there. So, Stephen, uh, could you please tell me, who is Miss Terracotta Sugarbaker? 
<laughs> well, Miss Terracotta Sugar Baker is my uh, stage name. Um, I am a drag performer, and I am the director of Drag Story Hour Atlanta, which hosts drag queen story hours uh, across the city. And we have been doing that just over six years now. Uh, we hosted the very first drag story hour um, in the city, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to host all across uh, the metro area at libraries and bookstores and churches. Um, and we were even uh, fortunate enough to be hosted twice uh, by two mayors in Atlanta City Hall. Wonderful. Do you have any plans to speak at any of the Gwinnett libraries? <laughs> I am so glad that you asked that. Um, my uh, background, my very first job was with the Gwinnett Public Libraries when I was 14 years old. So literacy is something that I strongly support and have my entire life. And we would love to bring Drag Story Hour to the Gwinnett Library System. We get asked a lot by citizens, and we've had conversations with several of the locations, but as of yet, we have not had any of the libraries willing to pull the trigger and actually host an event uh, because, uh, unfortunately, some people have politicized Drag Story Hour. Um, but yeah, if, if you're listening, Gwinnett Public Library System, I would love to come and bring our story hours uh, to the Gwinnett citizens. And I know that they, they would love it because I get asked all the time. So let's make that happen. That would be great. Uh, so before we wrap up, uh, what do you have coming up in your world? Well, we just finished this year's Pride Festival. So we've officially started 2024. Um, and and that's exciting for us. Uh, always looking t- uh, towards new things on the horizon. Um we will be uh, issuing our new community reinvestment grants in early 2024, so I'm always excited about that. Uh, people may not be aware that outside of the Pride Festival, we have a large uh, community reinvestment grant program uh, that helps support other nonprofits and, and other organizations doing great work in the community, uh, real grassroots efforts. Last year, we... Uh, donated almost $80,000 through that program. And all of that um, is funds that are raised through the festival. So uh, the Pride Festival is not just a party, but it uh, has a reinvestment into our community. So I'm excited about that. And I'm always excited for new community partnerships, making new friends like yourself, um, who help support our work uh, throughout the Metro Atlanta area. Thank you so much. Thank you.